0: Hi, I'm Mark Richardson and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about the business, not just do the business. In thinking about it, occasionally we get into kind of high-level themes and also into trends and issues in the marketplace. But occasionally I'll think of something or want to talk about something that, quite frankly, is just a little bit more entertaining or hits kind of a chord for you. And that's really what we're going to do today. We're going to be talking about story selling. We're going to talk about the language of sales, the language of remodeling. And I think the more that you understand that it's really your obligation to communicate, not others' responsibility to understand. And as you think about who your real competition is, as I've talked about many, many times, it's not other remodelers and builders. It's really the client themselves. It's the client's ignorance about how to go about doing remodeling. It's the client's fears, which now more than ever, I think, is really what is the biggest objection of clients moving forward. But it's also the client's overwhelm. And I think the more that you can become masters of communication, masters of the language of remodeling, the more successful that you're going to be. So, you know, one of the themes that uh, is in my Fit to Grow book that i I I just really made an integral part of certainly our business, and that is, it's our obligation to communicate, not others' responsibility to understand. And while most people say, oh, yeah, communication, it's all about communication, that particular theme is not necessarily just about communication, it's about ownership. Who owns the communication? And I think when you realize that you own the communication, whether it's to your clients, whether it's to your team, whether it's to your trade partner, it's not their responsibility to understand. All of a sudden, you start to become more masterful of communication. And certainly stories is a great way to communicate to people, I think, as you're moving forward. You know, it's also been said, if you say it, they understand it. However, if you say it well, they feel it. And remodeling and remodeling sales, as much as it is a very rational, tangible kind of product, it's also an emotional element to it as well. And I think that the more that you become more proficient at this So there's a lot of elements, I think, when it comes to the language of remodeling, the language of sales that you need to be thinking about. You know, many people that I individually work with, they oftentimes say, oh, Mark, that's very clever how you said that. Or you're a little bit of a wordsmith. Well, truth of the matter is I use words, use analogies, use metaphors, not as a way to be clever, but as a way to try to help you understand. And at the end of the day, if you're dealing with client ignorance, if you're dealing with clients' fears, helping them understand is critical to your success. It's critical to get one more sale out of 10. It's critical to reduce some of the blood pressure and have the client really enjoy the experience. So the second thing is those words that you need to choose to use, they need to be, you know, not only showing, I think, the level of professionalism that you have. So choosing words very specifically that express it, but also choosing words that really is about what your product and services, you know, stop focusing so much on the product and focus on words that are really more process driven words, you know, focus on the word process, focus on the word explore, focus on the word, words, thoughtful approach to things. And then I think all of a sudden, that client actually feels, I think what this is about. And it's not necessarily just about the sticks and bricks. You can also use words, to really express your professionalism and your being an expert. You know, the reality is your clients don't know a lot of the technical terms. I know many, many years ago when I got into this remodeling space, back when I was in my early twenties, many, many homeowners said to me, are you old enough to be doing this? And while I certainly felt at the time that that was a little bit offensive. But I also realized, you know, talking to someone who looked like a teenager about building an addition to your home was a little bit, you know, uncomfortable for a lot of clients. So what I learned is not only I had to look a little bit older and certainly grew some facial hair to be able to do that, but I also started to use words, language. And some of that language was really focused more on the specific technical terms. Now, I didn't use this language necessarily to talk about those technical things, but I used them to show my knowledge and my expertise. You know, I talked about specific, you know, details around the, the exterior trim using the word fascia or soffits. I also used the word fenestration. Many of you don't even know what the word fenestration means, but it actually is the openings, it's the windows. But just by using that as opposed to the word window, in a very light way, the client automatically starts to look at you slightly differently differently than, in fact, using other simple, simple words. So it's important, I think, that you use words that really help you to gain authority, help you to be the expert. And I think being the authority and expert will reduce some of their anxiety and fears and ultimately have, they, have them want to buy with you. So a few key elements as it comes to your stories that you tell in remodeling. Many, many years ago, I heard a speaker, Daniel Pink, say, you know, there are three key things when it comes to giving a talk that you should make sure that you integrate. And over the years as I process this, I've been able to use these three things, not only as it relates to certainly giving talks or writing a column or whatever it happens to be, but also I use this when it comes to stories as well. The first is that you've got to have brevity. So you need to think about when you're telling a story or explaining something in the language, you know, it's the right cadence. It's the right pace. It's got to be relatively concise and it's got to be brief. Nothing's worse than going to a movie, for example, and you expecting that movie to be an hour and a half and it takes two and a half hours. You don't remember how good the movie is. All you remember is how long it was. So brevity is very, very important when it comes to that experience. The second is levity. You know, you've got to not so be serious. You've got to, you know, really integrate in some other kind of lightness, a little bit of humor into things. You don't need to be a jokester, but you need to have a little bit of levity when it comes to uh, when it comes to conversations, when it comes to stories, and I think being a little bit self effacing in all of this is a great way to do it. You know, Put yourself out there as someone that's stumble-bumbled when it comes to something related to the client because what it does is it helps them to feel more comfortable. And the third is you want to make it relevant. You know, one of the worst things that you can do is start to use a whole bunch of stories or metaphors or analogies wrapped around sports, for example, football, baseball, anything, hockey, but the client knows nothing about those sports. It's meaningless to them. Matter of fact, I was just at a board meeting literally last week where one of the board members stood up and said, Okay, can we stop talking about sports analogies and and, and metaphors? Because I don't like and watch sports. And as a result of that, we started to use different ways to be able to communicate in large part because we had to be relevant to him, be relevant to your particular client. So in summary, brevity, levity, and relevance. So when you're telling a story, I think it's really important that you choose that. So I want to take a moment, and there's probably hundreds of stories that you can or I can tell that really, I think, hit that emotional chord, but also intellectually, So ultimately, the clients get it. And what I want to do, I grab five. And like I said, there's certainly many, many more than this that I think help to just give you examples of kind of what I'm talking about in weaving stories or weaving analogies or weaving metaphors into how you communicate. The first one is when it comes to new construction and remodeling. You know, many homeowners out there, they oftentimes will say, well, what's the cost per square foot of the remodeling here? They think of it, a new home and remodeling as being very similar to each other. You know, and I know the difference between, you know, a production home and a custom remodel is like the difference between fine dining and fast food. It's a a very different kind of business, a very different cost structure. In new homes, we oftentimes speak in terms of cost per square foot because you can average them over three, four, five thousand 5,000 square feet as opposed to a much smaller space. So one of the things that I heard many years ago that's a little story that I think helps the client to understand is you kind of position it, well, you know, I appreciate that question, but remodeling and new construction are really very different. You know, in new construction, it's really quite appropriate to think in terms of cost per square foot because it can be averaged out and you can get a really good, I think, guy. However, remodeling, that's really not the case. And the difference between remodeling and new construction, it's kind of like having a suit tailored while the client's still inside it. I think the client, you immediately have the imagery that this isn't a factory. This is a very customized, high-touch, white-glove kind of experience while the client's still inside it. The second one is... Uh, relating to certainly maybe living through construction. Most of your clients have not lived through construction before. And I oftentimes would tell about a story about a client that I had many, many years ago that actually struggled with that. They had a relatively good size house. They were expanding it substantially and renovating it. However, we were touching about 80% of the home and they. They had two children that were in elementary school, and uh, they were trying to describe what is this going to be like, and there was a lot of stress in terms of how disruptive it was going to be. So the client, her name was Deborah, what she did with her family, she sat them down, and she said, you know, we're going to go on an adventure, and in this adventure, we're moving out of our four-bedroom home, and we're moving into a one-bedroom apartment, In this one-bedroom apartment, since we're kind of renting it as opposed to owning it, we get to, you know, be much more casual. We get to go out and experiment with restaurants we can go to. We don't necessarily have to worry about kind of the daily upkeep and cleaning like we do. Yes, it's going to be a little bit of a camping trip, but it's going to be an adventure. The long and the short of the story was not only did the client and the family get through the remodeling process, but they really enjoyed it because they changed the paradigm from this disruptive kind of thing that remodeling is to actually an adventure that they were going through and almost more of a camping experience than necessarily you know uh being taken away from all their comforts. Number 3 story I want to share is uh, actually another story that that kind of gets out there when it comes to uh a, a different kind of story and that's the whole notion of of uh, putting the project off. You know, many of your clients, I think, oftentimes think when they're looking at the commodity costs of lumber going up and down, many of them are kind of pushing the pause button out there. One way to tell stories, I think it's a lot of times to use third-party examples. So if you have a client that's even thinking about putting the project off, or even more importantly, I would encourage you to be proactive with this and tell them the story regardless and that is the story about uh, something I experienced when I had dinner with a friend about four or five months ago. I had not seen this friend for about 20 years. And this friend said to me at dinner, Mark, there's something you said 20 years ago when it came to our home and whether we should build this addition or not. And I said, oh, well, that was a long time ago. I'm sure you don't remember what it was. And what you said to me was, Mark, I have never had a client say, I wish we put a, would have put the Project off. I've only had clients say, I wish we would have done the project when our kids were young and they could have enjoyed it. I wish we would have done this project when my mother was alive so she could have been proud and been able to enjoy it and come and visit us more often. So 100% of the time, I've only had projects say, uh, clients say that I wish I would have done this project earlier, not I wish I put it would have put it off. If you can weave that simple little story, which I'm sure every one of you listening to this podcast probably have something very similar and it's very, very true, uh, I think you're going to find uh, a lot of uh, touching the client and getting them to really move on. Because you know and I know it makes sense for them to do the remodeling now, however However, it's oftentimes their fears and their anxieties that keep them from kicking the can down the road. And I would argue there's no good situation or it's very rare that clients really should be pushing the project off. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to stories is this whole notion of selling the process, not selling the project. And I think it begins with the language. The more you see yourself, I think, as a tour guide, as a marriage counselor, you see yourself, you know, taking them through the process more than necessarily just constructing a room for them, the better. So as you're you're talking about things, try to use a little bit more colorful language. So when we begin this process, like with any other process, we want to kind of fantasize. A friend of mine, Steve, uses the term we want to dream out loud. And then once we do that, we want to start to conceptually move this along so that at least we have, you know, some visualization of what it might look like, but also the level of investment that it would take. Once we get to that, if in fact this makes sense, the level of investment is consistent with what you want to put into it and you're kind of excited about what the project can be and you feel good about us, then you move to the next step in the dating process. Now's when we get kind of engaged. And when we get engaged, we're committing and we start looking and thinking about the final selections. But we also move into the place that we're starting to prepare and commit for the construction process. And then, of course, the last step is the actual construction itself. Again, whether you use the terms, it's kind of like getting married at that point. uh, And then we obviously execute on that. I think the more that they understand this is really more of a journey than it is just a project, I think the more they're going to put more value in who they work with on this journey, who the tour guide is, who the doctor that has the bedside manner, more so than just the outcome itself. So I want to kind of summarize on this. You know, I think the older that we get, we tend to have more stories. We tend to tell more stories. I think that's why when we think about even our grandparents or our parents, you know, they're storytellers. And, you know, you can leverage, I think, that knowledge that you have of remodeling. Take away some of the anxiety and fear. Take away some of the overwhelm but mostly take away some of the ignorance that they have about remodeling so that they can in fact not only buy but buy with enthusiasm in the process so i want to thank everybody to listen to this i hope you're out there thinking about stories yourself and really leveraging this in a way that's having you kind of not only be a little bit more of that communicator but also see a lot of success yourself Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.